Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains heavy adult language and is not appropriate for young children. Can't. Hi everyone, welcome to um, the new anim- episode of Animation Communication, except it's not new if you're listening to it when it happened already, but um, it's new to us, so <laughs> welcome anyway. So I'm KP. As of the posting and recording date, it is new. Yeah, it's it's new It's new because we're doing it right now uh, in the present, time travel. <laughs> anyway, so if you're new, um, I'm KP as normal, or I love Compossible a lot, it's a stupid name, we, we've heard the jokes, and then I have my co-host Lauren as as usual. Yep. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I live here. <laughs> she lives in my head. Um, okay. Life free. <laughs> so this week we have um, um, Cat back, I guess, or Monochromatic, a um, good friend of mine who um, I would like to see again after COVID is is over. Um, you want to say hi, Cat? Hello. I am excited to be here. And for COVID to be over. Yes, both <laughs> those things. Um, here, here. Uh, for people who've never, like, heard of you before, like, what's the, the general spiel about what you do? Uh, we didn't watch hi, the other okay. episode. <laughs> uh, so I'm a writer. I'm living here in L.A. trying to... Originally was to get my break in animation. And then I was like, what if I did a webcomic instead? But I can't draw, so instead I was like, what if I found artists who want to do a webcomic with me? So I'm currently doing that, and I have also dabbled a lot in fanfiction. Um, and yeah. And also, I am I am cool and friendly, and I love you all. That's, that's the... Huh. You can, yeah, and you can still do both. You can still do your <laughs> webcomic, and then also try to, like, find someone to break in, like, like um, the Shining style. So... You know, um, that's true. <laughs> you're not limited. Unlimited possibilities here on this podcast that I made up. Okay, so we have a couple <laughs> of news stories um, uh, this week. Uh, we just did yes. episode. We just did a recent episode, so we don't have too many. Mostly because we're in between weeks where things are happening, but there are a couple. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lauren, you want to go first? So yeah. So come on and slam and welcome to the jam. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got the we finally got the the new Space Jam two a new legacy trailer and finally got to see you know pretty much uh, everything you would need to see in order to be fully convinced of this movie being way more successful than the first one at least in the fronts of looking a lot better and LeBron James actually being able to act. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Oh my gosh! I mean, he—I mean, he already had a, a history of doing voice acting with Warner Brothers Animation. So, I mean, he's—he's he's already kind of already, you know, familiar with the stuff. Versus Michael Jordan, who was his only other experience before Space Jam was pretty much just the the, the commercials. 
<laughs> and that was about it. Um, and High basically talent. the first Space Jam... The first Space Jam was one giant commercial full of commercials. A commercial for commercials. Um, <laughs> and at least this one, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's Ready Player One, but Warner Brothers. And I'm like, well, yes, but also no. Um, it's because we That's got to see That's an interesting it. comment. Why are they yeah. saying that? It's Yeah, well, it's because there's actually, in the trailer, we get to see uh, that it's basically a huge... Uh, kind of like universal mashup of Warner Brothers and uh, Hanna-Barbera properties, basically oh, all joining up to... Basi- so in the first movie, you had the basketball game and you had a whole bunch of tunes watching, right? So in this yeah. one, you're, you're, the whole audience is because it's based on the based in the internet. And by the internet, we mean the internet as pertaining to whatever Warner Brothers characters that they can and uh, properties that they could loop in from the internet, which would be... We've seen cameos from... People are still trying to count how many faces are in there. There was Iron Giant that's shown up, which is funny because yeah, he showed up Iron in Ready Giant. Player. <laughs> he showed up in Ready Player One as well as a brief cameo. Um, but the uh, but he also shows up in this trailer. And then you also had Hanna-Barbera properties like the Flintstones and Scooby-Doo. And, and actually, it's funny. I have a theory that they just used the models from Scooby Yeah, that's what they look the like. Yeah, it's it- like it's very blurry, but... I have a feeling that's what they did. Uh, <laughs> and um, and then there was also, uh, interestingly enough, very interesting live action properties that can they I, wove Can I say my well. favorite one before you, before you steal it from me? Is it me? the Clockwork Orange? Yeah, it's Clockwork <laughs> <laughs> So here's the irony. They'll ban Pepe Le Pew, but they'll let Clockwork Orange in as a cameo. I, I, who is objectively worse? <laughs> oh, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not even a contest. Like they, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, and then also you had Game of Thrones referenced in there as well. Um, you had uh, what was the, uh, the night? His name's the Night King, correct? He was in the background there. As I don't well. know. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. He's just the blue the blue guy. Yeah. So you had, and then you had dragons. All the Durgans, but uh, uh, <laughs> but it's funny because as you see LeBron enter the universe, that uh, basically when he gets set down into the into the Looney Tunes world, he passes other worlds, a la King Kingdom Hearts style. So there's like King, <laughs> there's like a Game of Thrones planet. There is you know like a Hanna Barbera planet, and then there's the Looney Tunes planet. So there, <laughs> so there's like and, and oh and the. Another thing that people have been losing their minds over is that the Animaniacs showed up in the back as well. Well, I should say specifically the Warner siblings. So, yeah. So, someone um, spotted them or screenshotted them from the trailer. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the majority of them. And plus, like, I think Warner Brothers is just excited that people are excited to see, like, generally, ex- genuinely excited to see looney tunes characters again where every time that happens everyone's just like eh like whatever like i i know who bugs bunny is but people are just like nostalgia space jam i don't know do you think like michael jordan or uh bill murray will make a cameo or something uh people i know bill murray was trending the same day that space jam the space jam trailer was and i know it's because they everybody was saying you know they would have lost in Space Jam 1 without Bill Murray's help. So everyone's like, get Bill Murray to cameo in Space Jam 2. Like, I I can't confirm if that's going to happen. I mean, people are going to have their theories up until release. 
but just, just um, CGI up. It's the same thing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it'll it'll be. It's fun. Also, it's kind of funny because you know later on he ended up after the first Space Jam he was in Osmosis Jones as like one of the only live action actors in it. Um, but <laughs> but it was uh, anyway. That was just kind of funny if they actually end up looping him in a la uh, Osmosis Jones style, which would actually be pretty funny if they ended up referring to that movie as well in there. But is that owned by um, by Warner Brothers? That it, yeah, that's Warner okay. Brothers Animation. Yeah. Okay. Well, there and, you go. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, the the trailer looked like a lot of fun, and if I'm gonna be in the in the camp of if you really sit down and watch Space Jam, the first one without nostalgia nostalgia goggles on, it's not a good movie, guys. Oh yeah, it's so <laughs> bad. The people like... working on it knew it was a bad movie too, and they hated that it was a bad movie because they wanted to make it a good movie, but. The wrong people were in charge and made it a bad movie. Yeah, there's a famous so, story where I think um, either Mel Blank or Chuck Jones was invited to a Space Jam party. I might have mentioned this oh, in yeah, another episode. Chuck Jones. It was Chuck Jones. Okay. He was invited to the Space Jam premiere party and he was invited to make a speech. And so, and he ends up going up and saying, like, the state of animation going into the 90s, it's like, this is all falling apart. This isn't, like, it's lost its touch. And oh, it's my like, God, it's, really? Yeah and, then, oh, yeah, and then he left the party. He had to be party. escorted out. No, he had to be escorted out. <laughs> oh, wow. So there you go. You know, I haven't seen it since I think I was a kid. So now I'm like, ooh, now I want to rewatch it and see like, it's with a like, critical ooh, perspective. It's, um, well, I mean, it's it's funny because I know that the animators were basically put between a rock and a hard place when it came to working on the movie because they were the people in charge were not, well, at least not everybody, but just some p- figureheads were had never worked in animation before. Ne- didn't know how to work with animators gee i could never tell <laughs> and and they were saying you know oh you know like they're like they didn't understand the concept of green screening either so oh they're like God. oh you know this will be a shot where this character pr- crosses in front of of michael and they're like you do realize we can't do that that that's not how it works and he's like oh sure you just like green screen they're like that's not how green screen works either that reminds me when I was little and my dad didn't know how animation worked. And I asked him how they like do Space Jam or Looney Tunes back in action where they have they have uh, c- cartoon characters interacting with the people. And he's like, oh, they they manually cut holes in the film and then they put the characters. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 father, that is not how that works. Uh, he, he's, he, he tries his best, but, you know, I think I think it's fair to say I've surpassed him. Um, in my own field, I hope. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, sorry, we're going on about Space Jam. You had your other headline that you wanted oh, to Oh yeah, my about. other my other stupid headline. Um, so the <laughs> other stupid headline where I'm kind of like, kind of like, eh about, um, if you guys listened to one of the first episodes or like, probably like the 15th or something like that, um, I've talked about my mixed feelings dealing with, um, with, with John Delancey at cons, if you don't know who he is, he played Q in Star Trek and um, Discord of My Little Pony, and he is grumpy sometimes, um, and it, it gets complicated. <laughs> anyway, versus when I was dealing with Christy Carlson Romano, like, she remembered everything. She was just, like, she she, she was on really it. She sweet. Yeah. Um, and then John's like, how did I get here? What's the My Little Pony? I mean, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but only a little bit, which is the sad thing. So, anyway. Um 
Um, so he just got announced to be returning for Picard. And if you don't know what Picard is, I don't blame you. It's basically, well, it's a, <laughs> it's a big thing. It's like they're doing a series with Patrick Stewart again. And they got like, they're slowly getting the next generation cast back in it um, over the it's course. It's basically of... next generation to Electric Boogaloo at this point. Yeah, essentially. So <laughs> I don't, I, I've, I haven't watched it. I just know it's a thing. And I know people have been asking if, uh, John is going to come back as Q, and then it's announced today that he is, or it was already shot, or something. So, um, if you care about Star Trek, and if you care about Q, will I be watching it? Probably not, but, um, I guess we'll see what happens. It'll be weird to see, like, like, regular- character like Q is kind of like, because he did come early enough that he preceded- um, he preceded characters like the fourth wall breaking you know, characters like Genie and stuff like that going oh forward, you mean right? yeah okay yeah that's true so like, I mean I'm talking about like if people don't know who Q is it's like Q is basically a huge inspirational figure for characters like that that bent that bent the rules of time space and pop culture references yeah <laughs> so um let's see there was a a thing but oh yeah i'm kind of curious because most of the time acting john is like younger acting john so like i can separate my brain my brain can separate it but like and he hasn't he doesn't really do on camera stuff these days except with like rare exceptions that um i think he was in torchwood one time or something um Mm. which is a doctor who spinoff i think anyway um, david Tennant. (laughs) yeah yeah um things i don't know so um him acting with Patrick Stewart as regular old John Delancey um, that stares at, that stares back at me in the, at the panel um, is going to be a little weird, but um, I'm not going to think about it too much because thinking is hard. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thinking is I guess hard. That, that's, that's, that's the takeaway. Like people always assume like, Oh, when 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 John was in um, Lower Decks or whatever the animated show, people are like, "Oh, did you watch that?" And I'm just like, "No, like I I can't. It's 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 a lot of work emotionally and with COVID and stuff. Like it's hard to get excited about someone who recognizes you and that's it. You know." Speaking of which, I don't know if I ever told you that I've been mistaken as a as a crew member for lower decks purely i think it's because people saw my portfolio and they saw the oh uh, yeah 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 the, the, um, the character test that i did but it i'm like no i don't work on the show but i'm flattered that you think i do yeah uh, on lauren's portfolio. <laughs> at least if i look professional enough right <laughs> yeah yeah on lauren's um professional portfolio um she has a uh char- like a original not original character ri- original design for a pre-established um star trek character as an animated mm-hmm. guy so um you know i would yeah, basically just own it. taking a pre-existing alien species from star trek and incorporating it into the show style yeah with a, with a new character in person like an actual you know, character and personality i think the only thing i hadn't nailed down was the name but that's about it <laughs> yeah i feel i feel yeah i'm i'm trying to work on my portfolio mostly full-time at this point so uh, I worked on it for like six or seven hours. Man, art's hard, you know. Like I'm determined to get it done before COVID or when COVID ends. So like maybe I can like get in somewhere. But art's art is hard, yo. Like yeah, and the that's... thing is, is you got to produce things at a very quick speed when it comes mm-hmm. to producing stuff for like, especially for like shows. It's you got to be you got to be quick. 
Yeah. So it's all a matter of shaking the rust off the muscles. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm pretty good at character design, but, like, um, I got to get better at doing animatics, especially referencing people without, like, like reference in your face. Um, I got to yeah. repractice that because I haven't done life drawing in, since I since COVID started. So. I think there's even some, like, like online resources where they'll do, like, live live streams of oh yeah yeah there's drawing. tons of youtube um oh for people who want to learn life drawing but do not like money um there's tons of like time life drawings on youtube uh clothe people and unclothe people and that's not a creepy thing that's a artistic studying <laughs> how the body moves and, and shit so don't be creepy but um yeah but i have i have a lot of life drawing hours it's just i haven't done <laughs> um I have I have too many. Anyway, um, okay, let's talk about the thing. So, um, so Kat's here because we're gonna talk about, uh, being good creators and just some general etiquette for producing content online and maybe like dealing with problematic situations where you can't help, where someone projects or has parasocial relationships, uh, with YouTubers and fun things th like that. So this is kind of just gonna be like a long conversation like we don't have like bullet po i don't have a bullet point structure so if you like long conversations then this is your episode if not then you can watch another one where we interview someone else and ask them questions um <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah yeah whatever no pressure um so cat like um what are things that you try to consider when you're interacting with your fan base online or like what what are some general like etiquette rules and um things i don't know that that you like to keep in mind when you're using the internets uh well i think it really depends on what social media you're using um especially in like where where you're interacting with people because mm -hmm. i will definitely act very differently on tumblr for example than i would on twitter that's fair. Or on Instagram. How does how does the 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 community in film fiction like work? Um, is it is it is it toxic? Is it like depends where you go kind of places? Uh, well, actually, film fiction is a very interesting community. For those who don't know, film fiction is the My Little Pony's kind of like um, designated fan fiction website. Yeah, kind they... of like you. You have yeah, you have archive of our own. You have fanfiction.net. And the thing about fanfiction, which is genuinely really good, and I wish more fanfiction websites applied it, is that unlike, for example, Ao3, it's not an archive. This is really meant to be like a place where authors can like be and interact and post blogs. It's meant to foster a community. Uh, but obviously, the issue is like with any community, there's like ups and downs. Um. An upside of that is obviously, you know, you have a lot, you interact with a lot of your fans. People feel much more compelled to comment, which for writers is like amazing. But also, <laughs> like in any community, you have, you know, toxic wars and you have like, you know, clicks and uh, something that happens in specifically that community is that it's very competitive. Mm -hmm. Although that's like an entirely different conversation about My Little Pony fandom, but um, <laughs> I yeah, I just I just think of like horror stories where like people that write My Little Pony fan fiction like get egos because their fan fiction like 
people are cosplaying it or people are, you know, doing something online with it and they're just like, look at me, I define the fandom. But then if you go outside the fandom, no one cares. So, um... <laughs> It's the effect of, like, when you think about uh, the skit from SNL years ago when they did High School Musical 4 or whatever, and, and Troy Bolton goes back to graduation, he tells everybody, we're the only, we're, as far as I can tell, we're the only singing high school in America, <laughs> and nobody sings when you go to college. Everybody will stare at you. Everyone will laugh at you. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> it's... It's definitely, it's like, so the thing is, but I mean, this would go into a bigger conversation on fanfiction, which is that fanfiction is a great training ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, like, fanfiction, again, is a community where people are really reactive. So you do get feedback as a writer. Sure, like, it's still, it still is the internet, so they're ruthless sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you learn. Mm -hmm. um, although I will I think... The issues that I have seen, like going back to toxicity, as uh, KP said, that's that stems from something that you can see in every social media, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it fosters competitiveness. It fosters, you know, comparing yourself with every with every other creator, mm -hmm. uh, comparing numbers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as far as your audience goes. It's interesting, like, I don't know, I can't try to figure out how I'm going to say my point. <laughs> it's okay, take your time. It's more like, it's, it's, I guess then we would have to talk about what stan culture is. Mm. Because, um, and like, and obviously it is, the kind of content that you foster will determine what kind of audience you have. Oh yeah, that's that's true. Like I um I imagine like the more grimdark grim fan fictions um you know, you get some people that you know like, you know, true crime kind of things, you know, just as an example or um you know, if you have something light and fluffy then, you know, you have a lot of shippers that you have to deal with to ship things. So um yeah but it's also it's kind of also um so this is kind of like I, I i genuinely think this applies to anything but it's kind of like whether you like it or not you are you're always selling a narrative mm -hmm. even if you don't mean to right so based on how you act not exactly well even your content to some extent like you know you could be selling messages that you don't even realize you're selling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but based on how you act you will your your audience will determine how they act, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and leading by example. Exactly, and it's kind of like, I mean... So it's really interesting, but because now I was like, oh, I wanted to give an example, but then I was like, oh, but those fans get super angry. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, now I'm, I don't know if I want to mention it. <laughs> Which is kind of like the issue with fandom yeah. culture. Is that, that they can't even take criticism. The, exactly of, the, of their own behavior and they that, that's a that's a whole other can of worms to sing oh i can i can fan culture I, fan culture becomes like a mob mentality very quickly if it's not checked i have a side story <laughs> that i can tell um if if cat wants me to to kind of think about our point that kind of reflects this but like in a way that's not calling i mean it's about an uh, experience with an individual that i've had but i'm not gonna like mention who it is you'll just probably mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. So are you good with that, Kat? Do you want me to tell that while you think? I mean, this is a, a conversation between all of us, so. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to be rude and be like, it's my podcast. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to trick people to, to listen while I talk about random incoherent thoughts because I can't write things down. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so um, my general attitude with uh, the pony fan, the fandom fanfic i was gonna be like we've been talking about fan fiction i was gonna be like pony fan fiction like no wait that's not right um <laughs> so my general attitude with the pony fandom um probably like from 2017 ish on is kind of ha- it's had a bittersweet uh feeling to me like i love i still love doing pony cons and i will do pony cons if i number one feel like i'm safe and that requires you know untoxic people to be there and if they if they are going to cause trouble then they're kicked out of the con um shout out to every which is always a good con where i feel safe anyway um but i'm not going to put myself in situations where um people are going to believe everything they hear on 4chan or what the fuck ever and Mm -hmm. you know make uh say bad things or try to start trouble or like um you know put genitalia on products that have my OC on it, you know, fun, fun things like that, that I have to deal with. So the people, but at the same time, conventions bring out like really good people who, you know, you can tell that they're more of the genuine type, if that makes sense too. You know, they're, they, they really enjoy your work. They're super excited that they have a chance to meet you in person and they just want to... They're like, actually there to have a good time. Yeah, they're and they're there to... Not only that, but they're there to show their appreciation to, you know, people that are actively making content too, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the kind of thing when, you know, doing premieres are fun because then you have, like, this content premiere or maybe, I don't know, do, do um, the authors for at PonyCons, they, like, read like, a new chapter of their fic at a panel or something? Like, is that, like, a thing? Uh, no, but in my case, I'll just grab a book and do it, grab a room and do it anyway. Okay, because <laughs> that, like, you know, like, new chapter, you know, you'll hear it first at this con, I figured, if it was a popular fan fiction, that might be, a, like, a thing people would like. Anyway, um, fun times. So, uh, <laughs> my point being is, um, so my favorite story is, and I'll talk about my experience with, um, with pony cons in general, probably at another point, um, at, on another place, but, um, I've had some mixed feelings, not some mixed feelings, some mixed experiences, uh, same problem where conventions, um, believe what they've heard on the internet, and I'm like, here, no, here's the facts, you know, here are the hard facts, they're just like, well, we just, we, we, we just, want we just want to go by the perception of what's happening and i'm just like okay well you're you're in a fandom full of honesty and magic and kindness and like what are you doing friendo like it's kind of that perpetuation um specifically in the in the pony fandom but in other fandoms too where they want to have this perception of an obviously like nice kind you know social kind of um like connection i guess and then Mm -hmm. in practice it's they they don't really keep it as as much if it's not convenient so i guess the long story of this is um so i i've had i had an interaction with an individual and this was referenced in my um youtube video where it's someone who also makes content i will not name the person but someone who also makes content and because he or she has i'm gonna just gonna say he because it's easier but anyway um because he has a 
relatively positive um, outlook and hasn't had to deal with like PR storms or anything bad, um, they 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 believe with they believe that there's no negative and if there is negative, it's someone else's fault, and they kind of live in this perception that you know this is my fandom, this is my space, like, everyone's great here, like, you know, no one can do wrong kind of thing. And they, they kind of deny reality, too, which I don't think is healthy. Um, yeah. You know, and it just, like, it just makes me sick to, to think about, like, I mean, that conversation in general was not, was not a fun conversation I cried after. But um, essentially, there's also the problem of thinking your space or your fandom is too... Or even your YouTube audience, whatever you have, is 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 positive and only positive, and being naive enough to think that people, not even like, are gonna try to date you or something, or hit on you, or show you feed pictures or whatever it is, but also people that are gonna, you know, try to get close to close to you or do something for you as a means of validation for themselves, or you know, to try to get some kind of attention somehow and um mm. that's something that i've you know that i've had Stop to kind chasing. of learn hard, hard lessons about as far as you know not everyone that you know works is passionate about animation and art like you know wants to positively contribute and some people are in it for the ego or some people are in it to feel that validation and i think that's just um an incredibly unhealthy way of looking at it and um yeah. You know, and it's great that you haven't had negative experiences with people, and it's great that you know you don't have con conventions discriminating discriminating against you because of four um, uh, chan bullshit that you can prove you can disprove, but it doesn't matter. Um, but also denying that it doesn't exist is not the answer either. So that's yeah, that's 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 all I was gonna say right now. Did you have a did you have another jumping off point, Cat? Well, ultimately, so the, the thing is, this kind of discussion has, like, a, a ton of avenues. Because we could go into, like, oh, social media uh, culture, which I believe is, like, really toxic. And because fandoms are so much in social media, it makes uh, fandoms toxic. Mm -hmm. But I think a, a really important point is, at least as a content creator recognizing what is good faith and what isn't mm -hmm. if that makes sense because sure you'll have like okay and obviously this, this is a point where it, where it kind of like comes to like it also depends on your audience like i have a very different relationship with my audience than i'm sure taylor swift has with her bajillion swifties right is that what they're called um, swifties swifties i think so yeah. <laughs> okay those, those are the little monsters and you know I think Swifties are Taylor. Yeah, Taylor Swift. You and your kids with your Swifties, and you know it sounds like a drug or something. And then there's the the <laughs> believers of Justin Bieber. <laughs> I haven't um, heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smokes a candy a cigarette. I haven't heard that term in years. No, and <laughs> that's like that's always my. There was there was one comment every time I do collab. I always I always complain that like someone's just like, oh my god, I haven't. I haven't heard about KP in forever. And then um, my my favorite one, my most defeating one, is someone posted a, a Star Wars gif. And that, like it was like Obi-Wan. It's like, oh, I love Kim Possible a lot. That's not a name I've heard in a long time. You know, anyway, this is off topic. But go ahead, Kat. 
Uh, hold on, what was I saying? Oh, right, okay, so it's kind of like... Oh my god, okay, so I'm gonna be corny, and I'm gonna quote that Spider-Man quote that, like, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true! Like, at the end of the day, if you are a creator of any kind, you do hold some power or some control Influence, we, I guess we could Influence, say. influence, exactly, thank you. Influence over your audience. And then I think a big thing is like trying to find the balance between that because earlier you mentioned parasocial relationships. Mm-hmm. And right now you have like, we have these things where like, and it, this is true, a lot of audiences feel entitled to the content they produce they, or rather they consume. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So at one point, like, oh, creator did this decision. What the hell? Like, you know, and they feel like, oh, they ruined my show. That was mine. And I think. Finding that balance is the key to being a good creator because your content is yours. Mm-hmm. But you also have to, like, you know, it, does, it also doesn't mean that, you know, you have to be like, no, uh, you know, to heck with my audience or whatever. Like, it's just finding, like, how you can have a productive relationship with your audience. Right. I don't know if I'm repeating myself a lot, but... No, you're fine. Um, you're fine. Um it's a discussion, so it's gonna be not. It's gonna be a little nonlinear and a little um, mm-hmm. stuttery. I stutter a lot, um, generally, especially I'm on East Coast, and we usually record these at on PST time. So I'm staying up relatively late for KP, and then I'm tired <laughs> and I stutter more than usual. The things I do for for you people, you two people that are <laughs> listening, I, I know it's more than that, but I like to be self defeatist. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, I, and then another thing is, I forgot my point, hold on. What was my point? Hmm. Social media, parasitical relationships. Oh, parasocial relationships. Yeah. So, I, I guess if we want to talk about that, we need to establish, like, we have to establish the size of an audience. And probably mm-hmm. also is, um, define that word for people who don't know what that means. All right, so a parasocial relationship, uh, does anybody else want to define it, or do we? You're the writer, go for it. Oh, uh, basically, <laughs> parasocial relationship is when you consume a lot of content from a creator, so you basically form a relationship with them because you know who they are, you know what they like, you know what they think about. So basically, they're like your friend, and you kind of realize you kind of like the line between no, this is a person who is not your friend; they are just a content creator. Kind of gets blurred, mm-hmm. and a lot of people end up like kind of you know falling into really toxic relationships with somebody that like does it maybe does not know who they are and i'm trying to say this in a way that isn't like oof but they don't have to know who you are if that makes sense like the problem with parasocial relationships is when you feel like the creator owes you something because you've been interacting with them right mm-hmm. or because you consume your content their content right yeah, and in that in that regard, it's uh, well, I guess parasocial. I mean, I don't know. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong on this. The, the whole co- the, the term parasocial, it sounds like parasitic social. So it's like it's a one sided thing. Only one person is you know reaping what the other person sowed and is asking for more and is expecting more of the other person, even though that exactly. other person most likely doesn't know them. Mm-hmm. who they are yeah. <laughs> and just like that's what's like you took everything from me i don't even know who you are <laughs> <laughs> you were my brother and... etiquette anyway continue 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, and, like, it's interesting because when you describe it like that, you kind of make creators sound like, it's kind of, like, it's easy to be, like, oh, creators are so selfish, you know, we're giving them our time. And it's true, like, in, in the same way that creators are not entitled to viewers, neither are viewers entitled to creators, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think a relationship has to be a really healthy audience and creator relationship is one where both sides understand that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which isn't to say that you can't eventually foster a relationship with them, but it's something that, you know, it's kind of like it either has to happen naturally or you just, you know, you you have to vibe with them, you know, you vibe. And yeah. Sometimes it happens. And it's funny because it I guess you probably got, you guys probably heard about, it was a very, very short lived, but it was like a loud bang and then it just went out was uh, the whole thing about, uh, Dan Abadan. I know this is probably a hot topic for still for some people to discuss, but it did happen like a week and a half ago at this point. Um, oh yeah, that and it's it's. And Do you want to give people started, like the, the the TLDR of that? Yeah. So basically, there were accusations of Dan Abadan from Game Grumps of being a uh, basically a, a pedophile and a sexual predator, uh, it, with a fake story actually proven later fake to be going around about uh, him having a relationship with this girl that he met when she, she was just about to turn 18 and then he had like a sexual relationship when she turned 22. Uh, it turns out the whole thing was fabricated, but people jumped on immediately on the train, especially because the story was generated and put up in a subreddit that is known to basically circulate Game Grumps hate posts. Mm-hmm. So... But so many people took out-of-context screenshots of messages that nobody even could tell where, who, who, you know, who the messages were being sent to, who they were from. And they took, I guess what it turned out to be was an old Snapchat video from the Ninja Sex Party Snapchat, which was sent to everybody. And it was supposed to be like an in-character thing. Uh, and they used that as, quote, evidence of him sending a video to the supposed girl. Now, this all happened and, and people started immediately jumping on the bandwagon of, you know, he he's a predator, he is a pedophile, this and that and this and that. And uh, and meanwhile, I'm like, I'm sitting back on, look, the, the accusation sounds really bad, but I'm like looking at this evidence and I'm starting to try and correct people going, we don't even, this is very little evidence to go off of if this is even real. Mm-hmm. And But immediately, the people that wanted to launch on this were like, going you know oh that means you're just saying that the victim's a liar and 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 uh... it's like no i'm <laughs> staying in the neutral ground of like literally where's the evidence we need more before we can confirm anything and i like i remember a, a, like a few followers dropped off because and i'm not i'm like i don't know if it was because i was going and saying we have to wait for more evidence literally that's what i was saying and i'm like that's the most neutral stance you can take uh, but people were immediately jumping on the bandwagon of saying he's in, in instantly guilty. And that's inc- the, either we're going, you know, oh, he's completely innocent, which we all know if you have listened to his, uh, he's kind of rambled on about how uh, he was not a good partner in the past for other people. And he admitted he's like he did some shitty stuff in the past. But he's trying to move on from all that, trying to grow and not repeat those mistakes, right? 
Yeah. And people seem to forget that he's brought this up a number of times. <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah. So it's like, and so, but they, so they still think he's like, he's like completely forgotten about this. I'm like, no, he probably lives with it every day in his head. It's not like he's, <laughs> it's like he has to make the deliberate choice to make sure that he is trying to do better. You don't know. So it's like, oh, go so, ahead. But, that, but the whole, but the whole thing was the, uh, it brought up in the debate of parasocial relationships. Now that was an important discussion to have because, and it, it just happened to be brought up with, uh, false accusations, <laughs> but, uh, but it did highlight the issue of parasocial relationships between fans and, uh, creators. And yeah. cause they said that she was a, that the, that the fake girl in the story was a fan and um uh and they're saying you know oh creator should and then it brought up the whole other argument of creator should never be with their fans there's a power imbalance there and i'm like thinking uh who's who's to say that people can't have relationships isn't it kind of backwards to say you know you can't have this kind of relationship and then you're saying it's it, again you're saying parasocial relationships aren't you having one by by controlling how they live their lives. <laughs> so it was a whole mess of things. But the, it, I think it was a very important discussion to have for a lot of people. Even though the story ended up being fake, it did trigger a lot of actually really good discussion about this very topic. So... <laughs> well, yeah, people a, would do it's... that? Just go on the internet and tell lies? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> what a concept! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's basically, it's like, it's something you have to be aware of, like, because it's, there isn't power imbalance, like, it's true, at the beginning, at the very least, mm -hmm. and really, the, the creator has to be aware of that, and, the, and so does the audience, but I just, I genuinely think, I know I've, like, said it 50 times, but social media, and especially Twitter, mm -hmm. does not give room for that for the nuance that these kinds of things need mm -hmm. and that kind of like that kind of relationship because um i don't know i could just i could do an entire podcast on why twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah. why twitter's but, uh, a hot mess <laughs> yeah um but the and like i think the biggest thing is you as a creator you have to, you have to dictate how people interact with you and on what tone they interact with you mm-hmm that will always that will always be the defining factor. Um, you got to set boundaries. Number exactly. one, set boundaries. Because if you set them, people will respect them eventually. And people who don't respect them, you can be like, "Hey, I have here are my boundaries. You're more respecting them. Goodbye." Um, I lost my point. But basically, yes, you have to like it has to. It's a two way street. Which um, which in a big part, yeah, the create the content creator has more to do a little bit more and be more aware mm -hmm. but it is at the end of the day a two-way street mm -hmm. easy um, street no that's that's not the right one <laughs> it takes two to tango <laughs> yeah maybe that maybe that um yeah um but yeah it's like there's there's just, just as much responsibility for both parties involved so it's like, yeah between creator and audience like you can't like, of course, you, you can't control one or the other fully, but you can, like you said, influence, being a source of influence. So as a creator, you should be a proper influence and be able to be like, hey, set the boundaries 
for yourself and for those within your your fandom as well or who don't do an illegal yeah so it's like uh basically try to set the precedent but with uh but then at the same time the fandom needs to also uh get their shit together (laughs) because it's like you gotta there has to be uh, there has to be a level of maturity put into place which i know sometimes it's it's asking a lot depending on depending on the realm uh for the most part though it's like uh it's it's it is a lot of taking things personally into your own hands to be like i will actively be a better person and rather than stoop to low levels to when i when interacting with other fans or or anything like that or it's or interacting interacting with the creator uh it's like, just make the active choice of, to be a, just a decent person. It really isn't that much to ask, and yet people act like it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, sorry, go. Oh, yeah, I was just also going to comment, too, that um, I think when you, ha- you also have um, um, a certain outlook where creators, when you're creator, people expect you to kind of be forgiving and be kind and um like not a little bit to an overextension if that makes any sense like you know they can't be mad at me because you know they're just a nice person kind of thing like they're a little bit blindsided in that regard um so i am known sometimes well a lot of times to kind of not take people's shit and not in a mean way, but just in a way, if someone's, like, bullshitting me or if someone's lying and I know they're lying, I'll just be like, hey, mm-hmm. stop lying. I, I, I will not be political about it. I'll be like, hey, you know, this is, you know, bad or this is toxic. And I've had to deal with it not as much, um, not as much anymore, but just, like, in the general sense of, um, you know, having my boundaries being respected is a big one. Making sure, pe- uh, you know, people on the team are um, able to commit to things, and also make to make sure there's clear communication going on in all, all regards. But I think also um, people can be a little bit intimidated by that, and uh, you're in a different environment when you're talking to someone as a fan versus as a collaborator, or mm-hmm. in that regard too. Yeah, and definitely. I don't think people really think about that that much. Um, as well, especially because I, I mean, in the, well, not anymore. We we use job sites now, but like in the past, I would hire people through the through the. I say hire, but you know, I would recruit people for my team on the on the the the, the YouTube channel. I just put out a Google Doc doc um, a Google Doc um, application. I realized in hindsight that was probably a bad idea, not because you know um, I didn't get some good people that way. I did obviously, but at the same time there's a higher chance of people expecting um, expectations that I can't really deliver because they're already consuming the content a lot and, you know, they're already aware and they already, you know, um, and it, it's hard, especially for people who are not the best at social skills to kind of develop and understand those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's I, it. <laughs> um, oh, I, had a, I had a point we somewhat uh, were saying earlier about Dan Abaddon. Hold on. So, okay, so you mentioned that, like, um, some people unfollow you, right? After mm-hmm. you said, like, let's wait. Okay, so mm-hmm. that kind of brings into another conversation in which I feel 
I feel like we strayed away from the topic of how to be a good content creator. We just started talking about social media relationships. I, I <laughs> guess. Well, it's, in, it's a, a, it's in a, a way, it is both. a segue into that very same topic because it, it's a it's a branch of how to be a good creator because it's almost like a causation effect, cause and effect kind of thing when you think exactly. about it. And um, so what I was going to say is that but it feels like there's like three issues which A, people treat celebrities as not people. Because mm-hmm. I remember, especially when the Dan Avedon thing happened, I remember seeing all of these posts that were like, oh, well, at least Markiplier would never do this. And it's kind yeah, of like, Oh, no, I no, saw no, those no. too. It's like, you, you, you shouldn't be putting Markiplier on a pedestal like you put... It's like, look, I can Dan hope Avedon. the same thing, but I know for a fact that they're all human and they all make mistakes. Like, exactly. I know for a fact, I, I could never put any of them... Like I, I love and respect them all. So that by no for a fact, I could never put them on a on a pedestal. It's just like because again, you're only setting yourself up to be disappointed if you do that. Just see them as people. They're people that that are on the internet, and you happen to see them every day. And uh, if well, if you if you watch their videos every day, mm-hmm. but um, they are more accessible in a way than regular. Uh, uh, than I wouldn't say regular, but then Old school like your standard, ce- then yeah. your standard celebrity. Yeah. Um, so it does feel like more of a personal thing because they are real. They, you feel like they are real people, and there's more of that connection there, which makes the separation uh, that much harder to discern between fandoms and creators. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And there's also kind of like the fact that, well, like you said earlier, there's a mob mentality. People don't. So, so going back to the thing, uh, and what, and so going back to the the idea about uh, victims, right? Because they said, mm-hmm. "Oh, oh, so then you're saying that the victim is a liar." No, you're not it's saying like, that. No, <laughs> and and there is some, there is you know there is reason to think. Okay, for now, I'm going to believe the victim, but it's it's like more and more people don't seek evidence, don't seek sources, don't seek like it's okay to think. Okay. I'm no really way. Upset. <laughs> Sorry, but, it's, it's, no, it's to have an, an initial reaction and an initial thought, but as long as you can follow through and go, wait, critical thinking time. Do we yeah. have enough evidence of this even being a reality? Right. And and so it's just like again, what I think what what triggered me the most about the whole situation was uh, that where more people were like, oh, but he's a guy, so more <laughs> likely he did it. Because we've seen oh, too many guy so creators sexist. do that. Exactly. And I'm like, uh, do you guys remember what freaking Amber Heard did to Johnny Depp? She cried and claimed victim of being as being a victim of abuse from Johnny Depp when it actually was the other way around. And more evidence came about that Johnny was the one being abused. And it was coming up even in physical evidence, like he was beaten and bruised and, and was missing teeth. And it was that whole thing. Like, literally, I'm like... And she still, and still people believed her. Yeah. Because it was just, it was just, it made me sick to my stomach thinking like, okay. And and that's why it's like, always seek to find evidence first. Mm-hmm. You need ha- more to have a foundation for a solid argument than just hearsay. And like one or two pieces of possibly forged evidence. Um, I have a segue um, to go into this and then we'll kind of, so yeah, and then we'll start talking about just, like, other maybe good etiquette practices um, yeah. as far as being creator and, like, 
encouraging fans without, you know, again, giving into that uh, that parasocial relationship in a way and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so my, my segue is when I had to deal with my fun time, um, hate mob uh, time, uh, as Lauren said, and I hate that I have to start every fucking pony friendship that I had um, is like, hey... I know you heard about me from the bad shit, but it wasn't true. TLDR. And then um, people were like, oh, wow, it wasn't true. And I'm, I'm sure, I think, Kat, you even mentioned, like, that that's how you first heard about me is through the bad stuff, which is always yeah. great. <laughs> and then, um, I, don't, I don't know, I probably did that with you, Lauren. I don't remember, but um, maybe uh, at I some point. So. No, we actually, no, because... I- I think because I I've been following your stuff for a while, but I did, was not aware of of the of the the drama. So yeah, I was kind of like a casual. It was like a casual uh, enjoyer of KP mm-hmm. content. So, uh, but I wasn't heavily involved. And so when I first met you, I had no idea of any of that going on. So yeah. it's just like, so I was just like, hey, you're cool. Holy crap! Wait, I know you. You make the videos. You, you do the talk thing. To me, you're you're cool. Tell and then me it's you. like, okay, you want to start a podcast? What with me? Okay. <laughs> like I'm a nice so, person or something. Uh, yeah. So I mean, and that's I mean, literally, that's that's how it went down. Yeah, at, at essentially. The last BronyCon, no less. <laughs> so. Um, I was like, oh, you you have a SAG thing? That sounds neat. Um, I'm gonna move to, <laughs> to LA. Let's be friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's like the whole thing about finding evidence is just like I don't think people like talking about the Reddit stuff. Like I don't think people realize that um, a lot of times the evidence is like coming from places like 4chan, where mm-hmm. or or places Reddit. like Reddit, or people you know, and people are lying to get the attention. And, you know, they take it at face value because they assume it's true if it's trending or a lot of people are talking about it, you know, things like that. And they really don't bother to wait and do the things we've been talking about to understand Mm -hmm. if the thing that is happening uh, is actually happening. And, um, you know, it really it was really frustrating and it really hurt, like, my feelings, um, among other things, when people would go on Twitter, and uh, when bad stuff was happening, they would be like, oh, I used to enjoy KP, but now she's a demon, and, like, you know, going into posts about how shitty of a person I was, or things like, I have a KP autograph, I'm gonna flush it down the toilet. Um, That's exactly how it goes, too. It's like the moment anything, like, is presented as contradictory, you know, to what people have seen of you, and it's like the, the moment any small little thing, and it's just like, oh, now I'm gonna destroy my merch, which is also what happened with the Dan Avidan thing. And somebody said, oh, I smashed my NSP pin with a brick. It felt so good. I'm like, you know, I'm <laughs> thinking, ooh. So those people that destroyed their stuff within a day of the whole thing coming about, and then the like, I think it was maybe a day and a half after that broke, then the person who created the story went to the Reddit or the subreddit and it said they admitted it was all a lie i'm like hmm. oh god hmm. yeah and it's, <laughs> i mean not to get too political but it's like a, a similar thing with the anti-vaxxers um who are just like oh man i don't believe science because i saw this thing on facebook and i'm like isn't it good <laughs> that you don't have to live with polio do you ever think about that you know <laughs> that would suck so um you know it's it's just like just levels of stupidity and that like wasn't like polio coming back for for a 
brief second because of all the, how many people refused to vaccinate their kids. I don't know, but there that, was, I think, a brief period of. I that, hope. I hope not. A, a polio that was like coming back because of a. Uh... Because people weren't vaccinating, yeah. I'm like, here's a newsflash, guys. Vac- vaccines, you need to keep having vaccines because guess what? Thing, those illnesses mutate. So you need to have <laughs> vaccines. So keep get. That's why they say you take them every, get them every few years or whatnot. Because guess what? That's biology. They evolve to adapt and and survive in different changing environments and bodies. And, then, uh, and yeah. Then I- <laughs> I give a line about like what is humanity becoming where all these diseases are 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 um, evolving and we have to keep up with it and then we have these super diseases and like the sun is is global warming and all this stuff but this is not the depressing podcast so we won't talk about that kind of thing. Anyway, back to um, creators. Back to creators. Last, Go ahead. One last thing before we finish this topic, but this kind of reminded me of this one thing on Tumblr. I don't I don't remember what the article was about, but it was somebody saying, you know, oh x y and z did x y z fn whatever and they had links you know sources quote unquote and then a lot of people i noticed reblogged it being like oh my god i knew it this is like ah oh, terrible and i remember there was one somebody said like did you look at the sources they were like i mean no but it's source so you know <laughs> it's it's good and then if you clicked on the links it was rickroll videos so it kind of shows how people don't i guess more and more we are or or rather less and less are we doing our due diligence Mm -hmm. as you know as as consumers as skeptical Um, consumers as skeptical consumers but i think that goes both from the creator side to the um, to to the um, reader side and, and like the idea that the fact that like the internet can be intensely personal and intensely impersonal at the mm-hmm, same mm-hmm. time. So you forget that people are people. And I was going to finish my metaphor really smartly and I completely lost my train of thought. But basically, yeah. The internet smartly. Smarter. Smart, smart I'm time. A <laughs> I, I write a word. Um, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I have a, some more... Um... Some anal- well, not analogies, but some more side stories to talk about before we just get- we we hopefully do some more simple discussion. But this is this is fine anyway. Um, so yeah, but um, so when people were like, I was there was a lot of ways I could have minimized it, um, minimized my bad things, mostly by not responding to it, as well as um, when I apologized it, people assumed that was me admitting guilt when I just like that like people. Um, it, it felt like the only thing I could do just to make the harassment stop, and I wasn't, like, or at least minimize it a little bit. Um, and I was very upset when that video did well. It's obviously not online anymore. But anyway, um, but I expect, you know, in some regards in the pony community, um, some of the gatekeepers, I feel like, um, are conventions and conventions head and conventions, like, ideally doing the right thing but at the same token conventions are also a business and they also have to keep in mind like pr and um when i um there were there were conventions where i had conversations with them and a lot of them were either like oh well i don't feel like anything's changed or maybe nothing has changed and i'm just like what 
sources are you looking at? And they, they would straight up admit that their reasoning for not doing X is because they heard a thing the one time. And uh, mm. let me make this clear, too. Um, I do not care. Like, I'm not... This was obviously not conveyed in text very well. But I do not care about being a guest or being a community guest or what the fuck ever. I don't... Like, it's not about that. It's about not discriminating people against, um, like, bullshit reasons, essentially. And... Um, you know, I'm not like for people who don't really know me that well. I'm not just like, oh, I'm. Don't you know who I am? I'm. I love Kim Possible a lot. I always have to be a guest, and I always have to have seven panels, and I always have to, you know, you know, get my feet rubbed during the panels. I don't know, whatever, what the <laughs> fuck ever. So like, you know, it's just a matter. Of, I think it's a matter of principle. Um, and people, when I when I slammed BronyCon, and I was like, hey, this isn't cool. You know, people who didn't do their research the first time, the second time they were just like, oh, she's just mad because she's entitled, or she's just mad because she didn't get what she wanted and she's throwing fit on the internet. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm holding them accountable for not fixing their mistakes for basically letting bad 4chan bullshit influence, you know, decisions that it shouldn't influence, I guess, too. And I feel like, you know conventions should have some sort of you know moral standard too especially in the, in the pony fandom where it's all about morality and doing the right mm -hmm. thing and all that stuff um so was like the only other thing i could have done is try is is be, was being more direct um behind the scenes and basically saying like oh well i'm gonna i'm gonna put i'm gonna i'm gonna make a statement about this can we fix this can we fix this or not but then that would have maybe come off as a threat, so I don't know, whatever. But I guess the at the end of the day, too, like, it it goes to everyone. Um, and it goes, especially when you have, like, your community figurehead, too. Not only you're making content, but people, like, you're you're the, the ranch leader, as they call it. Or, you know, you're the, the person who, you know, runs a specific community. I feel like that's even more responsibility for you to... Um, you know, look out for people who are going through um, things like that and not take everything at face value and not discriminate against people. Um, and I'm disappointed by the lack of that sometimes, just in general online spaces. But uh, that's that's uh, all I wanted to say right now. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I guess we can move on to a something lighter. So what um, what do you guys think are good, positive ways to interact with fans that, um, you know, also don't um, encourage parasocial relationships, but also make, like, maybe a fan specifically feel like, you know, if they did fan art, that their fan art was valued and you saw it and you thought that it was cool. Or, you know, even in person, like, how do you kind of honor fans without... Um, giving them the wrong idea, I guess. I think as long as you can kind of, I know it's always hard to gauge a person online, especially based off of, you know, people can be a persona online and it may not really be them 100%. Uh, that I guess it's just use your discretion, but I think as long as you can, you feel cool about it and the artist feels cool about it, sometimes even maybe asking them, is it okay if they're open to DMs? Uh, like, is it okay if I share your art or something or retweet it? Um, 
also, I guess in general, maybe just make sure that if a person has permissions on their bio, on their account, saying, you know, if, you know, it's a quote retweets are not allowed or you can do quote retweets, you know, it's as long as you can, as there's some way that you can retweet, share somebody's art, acknowledge that, you know, they're like, this is awesome. Thank you so much for making this or, you know, keep up the amazing work uh, because it's like, it, it does, it shows you're paying attention to the people who follow you mm -hmm. and and it's it's a little it's a nod saying i know you're there i see you and you're awesome yeah so um without being overbearing and mm -hmm. i think that's another thing is when i think about uh even so i even think about the the handful of interactions i've had with with create content creators and and youtubers and stuff like uh they and even just in general internet personalities uh is that they will ask if you're in person they'll be like is it okay if i put my arm around you for a picture oh or yeah those are wanna... always those are always the, the gems that they're just like yeah because it's always asking permission like... because i know not everybody is comfortable with that and i think i give i give major major brownie points to to people who respect uh, fan space because they may not be comfortable with that. And I think that they're awesome that they ask anyway. So, I mean, I always go, like, if somebody asks, is it okay if we take a picture like this? And I go, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, I'm, and that's in the rare occasion if anybody recognizes me. And it's usually at a brony con. <laughs> but, yeah, well, um, maybe maybe after COVID, people, someone will be like, oh, it's it's Lauren I'll, from the KP I'll show podcast. Up to like a, I'll show up to a Lupin convention and probably if there's an anime convention, if there's a Lupin gathered, maybe. But, I think it um, basically boils down to respect. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, having a mutual respect. If, if you respect the person with you, it is very noticeable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like Lauren said, like having, you know, um, I guess what I always say is if you are authentic, Mm -hmm. people will notice even if it's a small gesture it will be acknowledged like as mm -hmm. a content creator like as you said doing like acknowledging they're like hey thank you so much and just really just being authentic and being respectful and if if you start every interaction like that it'll usually like go well well that's yeah. not true i shouldn't say and that i was just i was gonna say you can balance that of course be genuine but also use your discretion because Let's just yeah. say I like I'm in general I just am a warm person so I'm I'm and people have told me I'm very approachable and stuff like that so uh, and I always we, try we to toast make sure marshmallows that... on her anyway that was my bad joke huh? I said we toast marshmallows on you <laughs> yes I'm very toasty um, <laughs> um, but I mean I generally just try to you know just try to be as 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 open and welcoming as as, as possible whenever I meet anybody so it's just like uh but also using my discretion because at the same time it's it, you just don't know when you're dealing with new people new personalities and you're just trying to gauge them off of yeah. a few notes of who they are um but overall you just try to be genuine and you just try to be smart about it um because like like we've said mentioned in in you know in, in previous points uh, there may be people who don't get social cues or they don't get that in this and so you can and again that goes back to setting boundaries uh being able to set appropriate boundaries between yourself and and your and your fan base uh i think that's like another healthy way because the real ones will respect those boundaries you know 
They'll be like, yeah, you know what, exactly. that's cool. It's just like when people need to say, you know, when a creator goes, you know, I need to take a day to recover because I'm, you know, I'm not feeling well or if something happened, I won't be here for a couple of days. So hang tight, I'll be back. And so the real ones will be like, you know, take your time, you know, take care of whatever you need. We'll be here when you get back. You know, those are the real, those are the real fans, the real true, uh, you know, VIPs, MVPs. You're going to say OTPs awesome. and just like, no, that's not the right one. <laughs> no, not the OTPs. Um, no, no, no. The, 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 the very important people in the most valued people are the ones that will respect those boundaries. So as long as you can kind of set those, or at least even just like put it forward saying like, you know, uh, the buck stops at this point for me the real the real fans will respect that and you got to filter you may have to act as a filter unfortunately to get to that but hopefully for the most part people won't be a pain about it so Mm -hmm. it's sort of like um you have to you set the example in a way like how Mm -hmm. like as we said at the beginning you set the example of how fans interact with you if you set your boundaries in a way that's you know respectful of everybody else but is like you know firm people mm-hmm. will respect that and they'll also extend the same thing to you mm-hmm. so ultimately it can only really lead to a you know a, a healthy relationship and then the other thing is and i think this is just important of any relationship is you have to communicate because mm-hmm. i feel like from cr- creators both creators and audiences think the other person should know some things uh so you should always communicate and assume that everybody isn't a mind reader Mm-hmm. Um, and then also if you communicate then you have a fail safe you can be like hey I just told you this so if somebody's disrespecting you you can be like hey you didn't you know you ignored all of my social cues and when I directly addressed it with you you didn't pay attention so that's not cool whereas for example you can have somebody who does who misses social cues and maybe if you had communicated with them they might have gotten better or they might have like understood mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like always going into relate. It's always going into interactions. You know, obviously, again, like uh, Lauren said, not it is like gauging them, but always going with the best intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. I was gonna make a point, but I forgot it. So let me think. Um, let me think for a sec. Anyway, my also <laughs> point too is I've mentioned this before, but especially now that COVID's ending. And people like me do a lot of conventions where you get to meet X person in person or whatever. Um, like, it's it's also a very different relationship when um, you are in person. Because normally, you know, if the person's feeling like it, um, you know, they'll be fine, they'll be warm, they can take a picture. You know, you can you can get commissions, whatever you're, you're, you want out of the convention or if they're doing whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But my point being is, like, also be aware of those limitations when someone's in person, especially if they are working, which either means not working, working, not making money, but like doing panels. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of things that they're committing to at the convention because um, not with, with YouTube, especially uh, nerdy YouTubers uh, like me or just any content creator in general. um, Not only do we generally, generally have a lot of anxiety, um, two, don't worry, we have anxiety too, but, um, sometimes we're not the best at hiding, um, our, you know, our limitations or we have to go away or 
you know, like we want to go take a nap, you know, or whatever. And, um, you know, try to make sure that like, you can't help this obviously, but, um, you want to try to make sure that if you have to, you know, say your boundary or say like, Hey, well, I'm actually heading out for lunch. You know, I'll be back this time or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. people are not taking it personally too. Um, which is always like a a fear. Yeah. Also rule of thumb. Don't stalk people at conventions, please. Just, I I know if you're following them to like a, a panel or something. Yeah. Okay, fine. But if they're going to like, let's say, yeah, going to dinner and you're going to go and let's say you're a creator and you're going with other creators to a dinner. Oh my and god, yes. Other people try to inv- and fans try to invite themselves to said dinner, which is just supposed to be between friends. Please, please respect the space. <laughs> if yeah. we, if you were invited personally, that's your only that's your only excuse. But don't invite yourself, don't stalk. Just don't do The kind of stuff, like, just because people are popular or YouTube celebrities, again, that doesn't mean you treat them differently because of that. Mm -hmm. Don't think that they are not human. If you, you as a human, would be terrified at the prospect of somebody following you, then, yeah, consider how they feel. Even if they're a person that is seven feet tall and you think, oh, they wouldn't be intimidated by little, you know, five foot me or whatever (laughs) but no they could still they still need space respected you know so it's like just be a decent person respect people's boundaries online and offline and in person it's kind of like just read the room as well because i remember you know when i was in in BronyCon last year no not last year i wish uh last (laughs) last year you know, the you, last usually, one. <laughs> the last one. You can tell when people like there are moments where content creators are, or, or, or where people are open for fans being there and following them and following them. So mm-hmm. it's basically just read the room and see how everybody else is acting. Because we also like, or uh, this is might be me, but I also don't want to like be like, oh no, you can never speak to me for I am. How dare you? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. How dare you? We're definitely in. not saying that. It's just yeah, like you said, read the room. <laughs> it's it's exactly. acknowledging. It's like we want to be able to chill and hang out with you and converse with you and 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 be friends. That's that'd be awesome. You just gotta respect the boundaries first before you can say we, we have established ourselves as friends. You know, so it's again, it's like how you build up any friendship. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. gotta establish something first and actually be real about it because otherwise, if it's just based off of you following somebody on a YouTube channel without any other interaction besides that yeah we don't we we don't know who you are and we would like to get to know you if we were like we're vibing and go yeah let's be friends right otherwise yeah we'll be cool with each other you know but don't assume automatically that means it's like okay you can that you're automatically invited to dinners at the conventions and stuff like that unless you're like i was gonna say don't don't assume you can just sit behind someone's um, table or booth because you talk to them for 10 yes. minutes That's i've had that happen thing. before and i'm just like <laughs> please go away i'm trying to draw yeah fortunately that that never happened with with tables i've been to or been at uh but i have heard it happen and seen it happen to other tables and i'm like dude come on come on would you do this to a 
would you do this to any other convention? Would you go to Comic-Con and sit behind somebody else's booth at, like, one of the biggest conventions in the world? Would you do that to, like, I didn't think so. <laughs> I think uh... also, and then, maybe we should, like, also talk about kind of, like, from the creator side. Because oh, the big I have thing a... is, like, you should not let it get to your head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because like, that's, like, not fair for the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, yeah, it's just not, don't let it get to your head. Don't let it, like, if if you're lucky enough to have fans, that is still something really cool and privileged in a way. You have somebody who, like, admires what you do. And you have to, like, also be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, I think those kind of relationships could have more bad stuff happen online. Not really much at cons. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. yeah, it's and it's easier to kind of just assume that, you know, the vocal minority is the majority because that's what you're seeing, too. Mm-hmm. But the majority yeah. of pe- the majority of people sometimes they just don't interact with your content or they just don't watch every video you make, but they're still there. Like I think, mm-hmm. so, it's hard to kind of um, remember that sometimes, I guess. But um, I was just gonna give a few um, more examples of some. Some bad manners that you shouldn't do. Uh, the first one is something I was a, a witness to, but one of my um, one of the people I know complained that they met Markiplier one time, and Markiplier mm-hmm. was rude to them or something like that. And that always frustrated me because, like, you know, if you're Markiplier, especially if you're again, if you're someone who's doing a lot of things at conventions, then you're mm-hmm. probably gonna be tired sometimes, and you're not gonna be in the mood to say to be great to everyone all the time forever. Yeah. So that that rudeness was probably just you know a, a rough not day. related to them. Like um, I will be the first to say that, especially after a certain point, I will get grumpy as shit at cons because mm-hmm. um, you know you're working long hours, especially if you have a table. And um, I have to. You're tired. You're hungry. (laughs) I you have to get your friends to get your food because you can't leave the table because you got commissions. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, man, I miss cons. But anyway, um, (laughs) and then also like new new uh, new factor came into play or new factor enters the field. Whatever I don't know. Um, So I have to keep in mind um, my my PTSD issues. So not that they 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 come up that often. But, you know, again, that ties to negative experiences. If you have someone who is a butthole and they trigger you, then you have to be like, okay, well, I got to go away for like an hour and cry and then come back. That happened one time when I was doing a, um, a convention with, uh, with Chrissy, um, which, was, which was fun, um, fun times. But, you know, it's not, it's not all you guys. Um, it's just yeah no it's just everyone it, has like limitations said, okay that's all I want to say about the vocal minority that. it's the vocal minority but um but yeah it's um and again we want to be and, and actually coming speaking from somebody who met Markiplier once and it was and he was actually a truly genuine really nice guy that he was if you want to look up the video it was the uh arrow dodge challenge from 2016 if anybody wants to look that up i was actually I in is. one of his videos huh what's an arrow dodge arrow dodge it was just when they were uh you had he had he had fans meet up at different locations to do different like sport games to record for the channel oh, and because okay. he wanted to record fan interactions and stuff uh and i did get to meet him back in 2016 uh because he was in my neighborhood at the time and uh and i he was doing like a nerf uh, nerf arrow 
shooting thing. So it was almost like he had his friends with him and you had to try to shoot them with arrows, uh, like Nerf arrows, like the foam ones. Um, and uh, so I got to be in the video for that. And at the end of it, at the end of all the recording and stuff, uh, he said, now, I, I just if everybody could line up, I want to make sure that because we I have to go film at like two other locations today. But I at the same time, you all came out here and I can't thank you enough for coming out here. Can you if you could all line up? I want to get the chance to meet with each and every one of you before I have to go. Oh, that's nice. He literally did that. He didn't have to do How it. How many people were there? Uh, I want to say of the participants, I would say there were about maybe 50 people. Oh, and wow. Then, and then, um, yeah, yeah, I think he managed to fit about 50 people in because it was different rounds with different members getting shot at with arrows. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and even at one point, and you'll see it in the video, and I, and I knew the moment it happened, I'm like, this is gonna, this is going to be the landmark moment in the video. Uh, this little girl showed up from like the nearby, uh, there was like a little like, kids museum nearby and she had just come from there. And so it was with her and her mom and like, I think her baby sister. And she was just like, I watch your videos. And she was the, she was like four. She was the cutest thing. And, um, and uh, he, he got, curse he went videos, right up. Though? Huh? Doesn't he curse in his videos though? I think it was more like I, she watched whatever tame ones because he doesn't oh, curse okay. in every video. And plus, at the t- and plus that was also I think at the time when they were implementing more of the censoring of stuff, so he uh-huh. couldn't swear in his videos. Okay. Um, but even then, he yeah he doesn't swear in every video. Um, but it was really cute that he went over and knelt down to her and like got to speak with her before he even headed out and. Uh, uh, and he had her participate in one of the arrow dodge things too. He said, "I want you to take this arrow and I want you to run up to Ethan and hit him with it." Like it was, <laughs> and it was really cute. Uh, so you can look that up on on YouTube. But I, that's an example of saying like, and he was just if he was a a mean guy, he would have not taken the initiative. Be like, I want to meet with each and every one of you because you know I couldn't have done this without you guys. So thank you so much for showing up, and I want to be able to you know, meet with you, take pictures, whatever I can, but I want to be able to do this before I have to go. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, he was, he was cool. And he did also the, uh, can I have an arm around you for a picture thing? Mm-hmm. So real, real MVP. Real classy, classy guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I'm talked out. If you guys, did you guys have any other points you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, um, I think respect each other people. I will also add, make sure you communicate directly in a way that's, like, not hurtful. Because I have had um, not only people that I don't know, but, like, contacts in general, like, assume things. And they don't bring it up to me directly. And they I hear, like, backhand information from, like, third parties. And it really, mm-hmm. really upsets me. And I won't name the people that are doing this, but, like, they're, they're you know, they're, they're adults. They should know better to do this. But, like... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, have direct communication is always important. Um, you know, unless you're like, don't do it in a mean way, just do it in a way that's, um, direct, obviously mm-hmm. productive. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Or constructive rather. Constructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, generally positive. Yeah. Because, oh, because what we want to do is we want to keep things chill. We want to just vibe. So I want to make friends. <laughs> yeah, I want to get like, a job. I'm literally, I'm, so that's why I'm like, I mean, I'm like, I'm literally here to just have a good time. 
and meet cool people. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm not here to do much besides that. And I'm like, if you go with that simple, if you go out with that sim- simple mindset and approach, then yeah, it's like, you know, it does help with things rather than going out and, because there's some people that, that literally go out and just want to start a fight. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> This isn't the, the 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 world isn't your punching bag because there's some people that are in the middle of it going, why I just wanna I just wanna have a good time. <laughs> I came out here and I'm feeling so attacked. Exactly. And you know the other thing too is like things slide off your back. Like if if I like I don't know I don't think you no most of you won't ever be in the situation. But like if you do like a something really bad and I'm like hey co- hey guy not cool, you know if you come up later and like apologize like. Like, I won't think any, like, you know, that's fine. Like, all you got to do is you just got to genuinely apologize if someone is, um, calls you out in your shit and Mm -hmm. improve. And that's, that's hopefully the goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, I think rule of thumb for both sides, for creators and for their fandoms, uh, for their fan bases, I should say. Uh, just, just be nice to each other. Be respectful. Respect boundaries. Respect each Mm -hmm. other. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I know it sounds like it's common knowledge, common sense, but I, it doesn't hurt to drill it even more because you just got, sometimes you need, need the reminder that again, like we pointed out that we're all people at the end of the day. So it's like, and we're all people that like, we may have certain fears and triggers and all that kind of stuff. So you just got to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Just vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we I can wrap. So, Kat, where can people <laughs> find you if people want to stalk, stalk you, but in a way that's socially appropriate? <laughs> uh, I'm usually active, mostly... I say active, but not really. But uh, like, <laughs> the best way to find me is on my Twitter, um, which is monochromatic. Which I guess maybe we can link it. It's, and yeah, it'll be I'll linked, but link. you can yeah, it'll like. Be uh, that's where you can find me, or on if you're into MLP fanfiction on fanfiction as monochromatic. Um, but and mostly you have books. Twitter is a safe. Oh, I do have books. Um, <laughs> you're 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 a book author now. Well, I don't know if I'm a book author. Well, well, technically yes, but basically, <laughs> um, I'm very lucky that uh, this really cool group of fans. Um, uh, really liked my fanfiction, and they were like, "Hey, can we like print it out like a real book?" And I was like, "Holy cow, yes!" And then <laughs> they did it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm a real writer now." Yeah, they look uh, gorgeous. Those covers, whoo, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. When they like when they sent it over, and I was like looking at them, and they have like full art and everything. I was like, "Oh my god, I wrote this! Wow!" <laughs> oh. Um, so if you're into uh, pony fiction be sure to check those out Um, and if not it's okay and also I have a (laughs) webcomic that's starting soon I'm very excited about it oh yeah talk about that oh uh, I have this webcomic it's called The Last Resort Uh, it's still not out yet but I'm incapable of waiting so I already started posting content and making (laughs) newsletters because over committing is my thing I guess um and then, uh, so it's about, um, these two living women that get hired to work at a hotel in the afterlife, 
Mm. And it's... If I could, I would sit down and tell you the entire plot. But my (laughs) partners would be mad at me, so I won't. (laughs) But it'll be cool. So we're hoping to launch soon. Um, So be on the lookout for that. And eventually, you know, once we become a huge hit animated series with Netflix or whatever... You'll be able to be like, oh, I remember when she's talked about that in her in that one podcast like ten years ago. <laughs> so, see, it'll be cool, cool time. There, it, it's it's a little um, time capsule moment. <laughs> and I think that's it. Okay, um, so I'm um, I'm KP. In case you didn't know that already, um, I guess um, please subscribe and turn notifications on to the main channel. We work hard, and um, I was really sad. I was talking the other days. Um, I made a TikTok to mostly to advertise the main channel to put like little clips of the jokes and stuff like that. And one of the mm-hmm. TikToks got more views than um, our Anastasia video, which we spent like three weeks on. You know, it's fine, but um, you know, like we're still in a weird place. So any support helps. Um, Tell your mom, you know, I, my, my grandma, my, my 91 year old grandma watches my videos. So like, there you go. That's, that's, that's what I'm working with. (laughs) She tells me, she's like, oh, I watch your videos when they're on the YouTube. And I'm like, thanks grandma. So, um, (laughs) and then I'll send her fun doodles of me that like little fan arts. And then, you know, that's, that's my relationship with my grandma. Um, and my Twitter is at I love KP a lot. Again, if you didn't know that, the podcast Twitter is at the KP podcast because animation communication was taken. No, it was too long. Uh, that's probably it. And then Laura, yeah, I, the your, name what was are your too socials? Long. What, well, what are you, yeah, pretty what are you... much. Pretty much, you can just I, since I I thrive off of there is uh, the Abby Roadie on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, expect uh, a lot of Lupin art. Yes, lots of it. <laughs> like if you're in that if you're in that fan space, then like if and you were wondering what I sounded like and you didn't know what my voice sounded like until this point, then congratulations, you found me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, and I yeah I post doodles there and uh, yeah occasional uh, colored piece. But I am trying to build myself up to some more uh, intensive pieces. Trying to better myself, maybe even get into some animatic stuff down the line, which would be really awesome because I really want to nice. build up an animatic portfolio, which would be nice. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 the mood. Um, it, animatics are, are hard though; they take a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. I think that's it. Uh, usually, the podcast comes out on Wednesdays if we record it. Um, but we're probably gonna the the next couple episodes will probably be fine because we. Um, already have our next guest scheduled and then we have a, a one for another time that we'll get to so we'll probably find for the next couple of weeks if you're listening to this when it just came out so if not go catch up or whatever you're doing you're it's covid it's still covid you don't have anything to do don't lie to me so. <laughs> okay uh bye everyone see you next time or if you're see you in the past i guess if you're time traveling and watching old episodes listening to old episodes or whatever <laughs> bye everybody Good night, everybody and thank you bye. for having me yeah thanks yes, for thank being you here thank you so much for joining oh yeah us. we this forgot really about that <laughs> thanks for letting you be stolen <laughs> <laughs> okay Good night. thank you so much for listening to animation communication on youtube spotify or your favorite podcast provider 
We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.